This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. I'm Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Injury Lawyers, and you know what makes me mad? When insurance companies deny your claim for no good reason. That's why people call me. I'm the lawyer insurance companies don't want to deal with. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hello and welcome to a belated Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Liu. Uh, Sorry this didn't go up last night, but, uh, you know, life and shit got into the way. Um... It's, it's actually kind of good that um, that I wasn't able to uh, recap it last night because that gave me time to really look this game over in depth uh, and give it the type of breakdown and coverage that I think this game deserves because um, this was very much a preview of the Easter Conference Finals. Um, you know, knock on wood, of course, that the Raptors actually get that far or even the Cavaliers, but... You know, this is kind of the game you would expect to see. A lot of the themes um, in this one uh, played out. Um, and, yeah, so the Raptors, let's start here. The Raptors lost 132-129 to 129 to the Cavaliers uh, on Wednesday night at the Quicken Loans Arena. Uh, let's get a couple things out of the way first. Uh, on the Cavaliers side, they were missing five players. Um, you know, Hood... Um, Kyle Korver, um, Larry Nance, and um, Chetty Osman. Those four are pretty useful. And then there's also Tristan Thompson, who has just been bad all year. So they weren't at full strength. However, I would just say that their supporting cast more than stepped up. So uh, it's not like the Cavaliers are necessarily missing any production. And on the Raptors' side, it's mostly an issue of fatigue. I mean, there was no CJ Miles because he had gastroenteritis. But, you know, um, the Raptors were playing their ninth game in 14 uh, nights, uh, three games in four nights, back-to-back after playing in Orlando. It's actually kind of a long flight. So, um, you know, this is uh, there's excuses on both ends. Uh, and ultimately, I think they kind of evened out a little bit because in this game, it really came down to one possession game. The Raptors uh, and the Cavaliers, neither of them played much defense in the first half. Um, the Raptors did successfully... Uh, you know, cool the Cavs down temporarily after a 42-point first quarter. Um, and the Raptors were able to score a franchise record 79 points in the first half. And they were able to take a lead, uh, a 15-point lead. However, um, the Cavaliers really buckered down um, in the third quarter there. Uh, buckered down. I, that's a halfway between bunker and buckled. Um, and yeah, in the third quarter, there, the Cavaliers really... Uh, took control of this game, um, winning at 34 to 20. A lot of that came from, actually, you know what? Honestly, like what the Cavaliers did throughout most of the night wasn't that different. Um, it's just that in the third quarter, the Raptors missed a couple of crucial three-pointers. Uh, of course, in the Raptors' first half, they made 12 three-pointers on 18 attempts, which is kind of crazy. Second half, the Raptors are mad cold from deep. And then, the you know, it, it goes down to the, the wire in the fourth quarter. It's a one-possession game. Both teams are trading punches with one another. Um, the Cavaliers do take the lead, but the Raptors don't let it slip away too far. They remain within one possession. Um, and, you know, ultimately it comes down to 
LeBron driving to the rim, getting past Siakam, uh, and then finding Kevin Love wide open in the corner. Um, you know, Love's open in the corner because someone had to help against LeBron's drive, and, you know, Love hit the three, and that's pretty much the game. Raptors had a chance to uh, go for a three-point shot, but bizarrely, they went for two. I'm not really going to go too much into that coaching decision, although I will just say, if you're down three and there's, like, 15 seconds left, and you have one timeout, just go for the three. Don't try to go for a quick two, which the Raptors did and successfully did, although it was a turnaround jumper by Le- by uh, DeRozan on the baseline, so it wasn't an easy shot. Don't Because if you don't have timeouts, you can't advance the ball, and so you, you're probably just better You're better off just trying to drop a three and try to you know end the game there. But, um, you know, no C.J. Miles obviously plays a factor in that because at that point it's just Lowry and Van Vliet, and, you know, that's that's not... Um, easy to get them open shots when the defense can focus on two sub six foot guards, but um, it was a very entertaining game for sure. Uh, Fourteen lead changes in this one. Uh, I think it was well officiated as well. Um, I would even argue that the Raptors got some beneficial calls down the stretch um, on Lowry and DeRozan's um, desperation drives to the rim, but. You know, a very fair game. Um, both teams played extremely hard. I know there's excuses, like I said, from the injuries from the Cavaliers' side and also the, you know, lack of rest from the Raptors' side. But both teams really gave it their all. It was nationally televised on ESPN. And, um, you know, they. this is a game where they both teams took it really seriously. And so, um, you know, we saw the best out of LeBron James for sure. I think that's where I should start in this podcast. Uh, as always, the number one issue is stopping LeBron, and the Raptors cannot stop LeBron at all. Um, of course, there's like different degrees to which you can stop LeBron. You know, you can like get dominated by him. You can get, you know, you can give up, a, put up a reasonable fight, or you can actually stop him. Really, the only one that's actually stopped him is Kawhi Leonard in 2014. But um, LeBron was unstoppable especially against the starters OG Ananobi and Serge Ibaka are the primary defenders in that scenario and they could not cut it OG just kind of let LeBron walk by him easily for layups it was kind of hard to watch um like Ibaka or you know um LeBron kind of realized very early in the game that he can try this rookie and when he did try the rookie he scored very easily um, of course, LeBron also scored on switches on pick and roll against JV, which, again, not surprising. We've seen this happen many times. JV, although, he gave it back on the other end offensively. So, you know, JV earns his keep. However, this is the part of the podcast where I talk about Serge Ibaka. And look, Serge Ibaka is a fraud. Serge Ibaka is just a fraud, period. Like, look at this game. I know this is a lot of games, whatever. It's the, the lack of rest, whatever. I'm saying he's a fraud in the sense that the Raptors got him to make a difference on defense against the Cavaliers while also stretching the floor. That's why he gets paid like $20 million a year. And he does none of that. He did none of that tonight. None of it. Just defensively against LeBron, his help on the rim, completely useless. Uh, And oftentimes when he did help, he would leave a corner shooter open. Serge could not guard Kevin Love whatsoever. JV could not guard Love whatsoever. But at least, again, JV's giving it on the other end. He's he's giving you 15 points on 6-6 shooting with a 3 and 2 free throws uh, and 8 rebounds, including 2 offensive in 20 minutes. JV was fine. Because, like, J- at least JV, it's a known quantity, right? He'll give up some points on defense. He'll score some. It should even help if you use him in the right matchups. With Ibaka, you're supposed to be able to use him in all matchups. He could not do that. All right? He did not finish this game. Um, and really, he came in for three minutes and was just horrendous. But 
Ibaka defensively made no difference against LeBron, which, you know, okay, fine, whatever. No difference on the ball, no difference at the rim. That's a real shortcoming, right? No difference on the ball, of course. LeBron's going to drive by him. But you need Ibaka to actually send help at the rim, kind of like what Bismack Biyombo did. And he just did none of that. And, you know, in the third quarter, the Raptors went cold for 20 points and the Cavaliers had 34. And that's what, you know, swung this game. The reason the Raptors went cold is because the Cavaliers trapped DeMar, which they often do. DeMar made the right passes, as according to the culture change, made some great passes. Out of the double team, the ball would swing to Ibaka wide open, and Ibaka missed three threes in that quarter alone. Wide open threes. Generated a really good ball movement from DeRozan. He missed a driving layup that was straight up just a layup that he somehow hit the underside of the rim. And then defensively, like I said, he was... Terrible throughout. So pretty much because of Ibaka, the Raptors could not keep pace with the Cavaliers offensively in the third quarter. And then when Ibaka comes in for the fourth quarter, there's three minutes left. All right. He finally comes in because, you know, Pascal Siakam and, and um, Jakob Proto have played like 12 consecutive minutes. So like, okay, you need to get him some rest. Ibaka comes in immediately fouls LeBron on a three for no reason. Like, LeBron's just standing there, and Ibaka just reaches in. What are you doing? You know you're... You just know better. You have to know better. It's one thing for when OG fouled LeBron on a similar type of play, because OG's a rookie, man. You're a veteran. You're supposed to be dependable. Nothing. He just fouls LeBron for no fucking reason, all right? And then, on the other end, Ibaka's wide open. The game is... The Raptors are down five, all right? Fred VanVleet finds Ibaka wide open, and Ibaka rises again, wide open for three. Brick. And that's pretty much the game. That That is pretty much the game, all right? Ibaka, his shortcomings in this one were just glaring. He was getting killed on switches. He was, like, I'm not even talking about switches on LeBron. He got killed by switches on George Hill, man. George Hill. Bro, what are you doing? George Hill, really? Anyway, George Hill actually had a phenomenal game, but... um. Yeah, Ibaka's shortcomings in this game were really difficult. But I think if you take a step out, though, like if you look at the big picture, the Raptors kind of played a game where offensively they're going to take it to the Cavaliers. They're going to break them down. And that's something the Cavaliers, you know, will consistently have. Like the, the Cavaliers will consistently break down. Like this is an issue that's not going to go away. They're, um, they're not good at dribble penetration. They have to really double the ball. And when the Raptors, and the Raptors have done a great job all season, when the ball is doubled, they swing it, they get an open three. Um, and, you know, putting aside the Ibaka misses, the Raptors were actually decent on three-point shots. Like, they made 15 threes today. Um, they hit 15 of 34 from D, which is 44%. It's not as good as what the Cavaliers did. But, I mean, like, your shooters aren't as good as the Cavaliers. So, the Raptors' shooting was fine. They went to the rim. They they got fouled a fair amount of times. They got some fair foul calls, and they drove to the basket. Offensively, this is kind of what you would expect from the Raptors, all right? DeRozan has an advantage in one-on-one. They usually double. DeRozan can pass out of it. Lowry, when he hits his three like he did tonight, six threes, he's going to be great. He's going to score, and he's going to give you some defense too. It's great. Like, Lowry is just going to be Lowry, right? When he doesn't hit threes, okay, it's going to be a problem, but most of the time he's going to hit threes. And then the bench. The bench was phenomenal. Like, Jakob Proto getting to offensive rebound after offensive rebound. Siakam um, doing everything he does. Van Vliet hitting corner threes. DeLon Wright was great. Even Norman Powell came in and gave some solid minutes. Like, like the Raptors bench is going to consistently be better than the Cavaliers bench. Like, the Cavaliers bench, whatever, like, they're missing a couple pieces off that bench for sure. But even with those guys in, they're still going to have the same problems. They're still going to be great offensively, but they're going to be terrible defensively. So, 
all that is the positives from this game. The negatives are just that, like, look, you still can't guard LeBron at all. LeBron has 35 points, 7 rebounds, 17 assists on 11 of 19 shooting with 12 of 14 from the free throw line. LeBron had 17 assists against zero turnovers, which is the best game of his pass, like, best passing game of his career. He had 11 assists to three-point shots and four for layups. So that's 15 out of 17 shots or assists for the um, for LeBron that were great, like, top-notch quality assists. And, of course, LeBron scored whenever he wanted to. And um, the only guy that gave up some resistance was uh, Pirtle. Pirtle's, um, I don't know if it was just unfamiliarity on LeBron's part, but also just... Oh, Pirtle, sorry. Pirtle and Siakam, sorry. Siakam was a primary defender. Pirtle was great at helping at the rim. But, yeah, Siakam staying ahead of LeBron... In one-on-one scenarios, that was very impressive to watch. Um, however, toward towards the end of the game, like in the fourth quarter, LeBron was also just driving past Pardo and Siakam for dunks. So you know, you can't stop the king. But at least uh, in terms of just a sliver of hope defensively, Siakam and Pardo are, are you guys. But um, yeah, I mean, look, Cleveland also just were ridiculously hot from deep, and this is why I think that. You know what? Even despite their injuries, I don't think that really mattered too much for them because their supporting cast really came through. Like, yeah, they were playing guys like Jordan Clarkson and and, and Anti Zizic, but like those guys did well for them. And then meanwhile, like they shot fifteen of twenty four from deep, which is sixty two point five percent. So they made the same amount of threes as Raptors, despite taking ten fewer attempts. Um, and of course, a lot of that just speaks to LeBron and how good of, of a driving kick player he is. How much. He is just like delivering passes on the money, and also how much the Raptors just are so frightened by LeBron that they overhelp, and you know LeBron sees everything and he and he you know finds open shooters. Um, but at the same time, it also just speaks to the Cavaliers. Like this is what the Cavs do: LeBron drives at you, you send help, they hit shooters. Like, and this is why I'm, I've consistently said, um, you know, despite that the Raptors are playing much better in the regular season, of course. Um, I've consistently said that LeBron plus shooters is unbeatable. I mean, you literally need the the Warriors to stop this. And if that's not an overreaction to this game, that's just like, you know, what history has indicated. LeBron is just as good as he has ever been, right? Like, come on. He's 35.17 assists, right? He's as good as he's ever been. And he's going to play more minutes, although tonight he did play 40 minutes, which is, you know, a sign of respect to the Raptors and also uh, a sign of, you know, how much the Cavaliers are banged up. But, you know, in the playoffs, he's going to play more minutes. In an important game, he might play 43 minutes, 44 minutes. And I don't think he's going to be any less effective. Because when he wants to rest on the court, he just becomes a playmaker. And it's not like he's not doing that much defensively to exhaust him. So, um, LeBron's going to be there, right? Uh, and it's just, like, whether the shooters are hot. And, like, look, it, these are good shooters, right? Like, George Hill's a good shooter. Jose Calderon's a good shooter. Kevin Love is a great shooter. Jeff Green is an okay shooter. J.R. Smith is a good shooter. Even Clarkson's a good shooter. He didn't miss him. He didn't make shots today, Clarkson, but actually Clarkson was just bad overall. Let's not talk about Clarkson. But I mean, like when, when they have Hood back in the lineup, when they have Corver back in the lineup, that's another two good shooters. And that's pretty much it. The Raptors can score. The Cavaliers just can score better when they hit threes. And look, the Cavs will have some games where they're cold or whatever. And, you know, LeBron's not going to be perfect on his passes every single game. And I think the Raptors are right there um, in terms of, like, making it competitive. But ultimately, this is why the Cavaliers have an edge, man. Like, you can't stop LeBron. And there's, like, a ton of three-point shooters everywhere. So if that sounds negative to you, I think it's just you just have to really recalibrate, like, your expectations. Um, I know we're all really excited for the Raptors, and I am too, of course. 
And this is not overreacting to one game. This is just patterns that play out. We've seen it many times, man. Raptors have played the Cavs a lot of times, right? LeBron is familiar with the team, and we're familiar with LeBron. Um, but, yeah, I mean, even though, like, the rest of the team has changed, and, again, I think if, if you are if you find yourself dispirited by this game, I don't think you should be because LeBron is just LeBron, right? And he hasn't changed, and the fundamental aspects of the Cavaliers haven't changed. But at least the Raptors supporting Cavs came out and had a greater effort. Like, last year in the Eastern, Con- in the Eastern Conference semifinals, when the Raptors got swept by the Cavaliers, Patrick Patterson and Damari Carroll combined for 13 total points. I'm serious. You can go look this up. In four games, when all four games, you know, these two players both played, Damari had five points and Patrick Patterson eight total. Um, And you look at that and you compare them to the replacements that they had, right? Like, OG only played 15 minutes, but he hit a three, he, he drove, and he scored. So that's five points in 15 minutes. I'm okay with that. Siakam, as a replacement for Patterson, great defensively, gave you nine points. Pirtle, 17 points off the bench. You got Van Vliet, 16 points. DeLon Wright, 12 points. What I'm saying is the supporting cast is a lot better than before. And that closes out a lot of the gap. And I think the Raptors can definitely take one or two games off the Cavaliers in the playoff series. But all things being equal, man, the Cavaliers are still, in terms of the two teams matching up, the Cavaliers are still the better team. And I, I mean, I know, I know, like, the Raptors don't get the benefit of the doubt. And, like, you know, it, it's not quite fair that everyone is just, like, jumping all over the Raptors and calling them chokers and stuff. Because, like, man, come on. Do you really think they're going to beat LeBron? Like, no one really thinks they're going to beat LeBron. And then they still clown them for not beating LeBron. But, I mean, at the same time, like, yeah. I mean, there's a bit of a talent advantage, of course. And, you know, LeBron is LeBron. So, that's kind of upsetting to, to see, I guess, to get reminded of that. But, I mean, you know. Of course, if you want to hang on to things like the Raptors didn't have rest, you know, whatever, like, yeah, of course, you can. And the Raptors were right there, like I said. This is this is a one-possession game that the Cavaliers won, all right? Like, that's very impressive. The Cavs were on their home floor. But, I mean, at the same time, I don't know. The fundamental aspects of this matchup have not quite changed from before. The Cavaliers still have the same advantages. The Raptors still have the same advantages, plus the bench. But I don't know if that's those additional advantages outweigh what the Cavaliers are always had. So, in terms of your three stars for the Raptors, first star I'm giving it to Siakam. Um, he did the best job defensively against LeBron, but you could easily also give that to Pirtle, who gets the second star. 17 points, eight of 13 shooting off the bench, seven offensive rebounds. Um, I think Pirtle, if he just like if he just improves his um decision making out of the pick and roll just a little bit more he can he can really be even better than this but yeah proto was excellent lowry gets the third star 24 points uh his pull-up threes really helped the raptors you know keep the lead and he was also making some shots down the stretch too and then um you know i'll give a bonus fourth star to damar as well i know damar only shot six of 15 but he got to the free throw line 10 times he had five assists. The ball movement was really good. Like I said, man, if it wasn't for Ibaka's, you know, surge, Ibarni, ass, like, DeMar would have had a lot more assists because, like, DeMar was making the right passes. And I thought the way DeMar played this game was perfect uh, in terms of his approach was was good. He took the right amount of control and liberties over the team. But, um, you know, ultimately, the Raptors couldn't uh, keep up with the Cavaliers. And part of the reason they couldn't keep up with the Cavaliers is because... The combination of George Hill and Jose Calderon scored 36 points on 15 of 18 shooting, including a perfect 6-6-6 from deep. 
Those two get your combined Gerald Henderson Award tonight. George Hill shot 10 of 15, or 10 of 11, and Jose Calderon shot 5 of 7. That shit is ridiculous, man. That's just ridiculous. Anyway, that's the podcast. I wrote a very in-depth breakdown, 10 things uh, from this game with a lot of video. Um, and, you know, if you want to look for an early Eastern Conference Finals preview, that's pretty much um, what that 10 things was. And that's pretty much what this game was. So read that on the Medium page and also on Patreon. Um, and, yeah, I'll be back on Friday to recap the next one.